Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beacon Podcast. Canadian events for the regular people. more startling facts that I saw that popped out at me mm-hmm. was um, that we talked last week with uh, Jeff and he said that uh, vaccines were never meant to protect you from the virus just that you wouldn't uh, it just mounts a antibody response right yeah and then, and then you got Anthony Fauci on video saying when people are vaccinated they can feel safe that they're not going to get infected and oh, then yeah, you've got yeah. Albert Burla, who is the CEO of Pfizer. He says that um, widespread vaccination is a critical tool in stopping the transmission. So I'm guessing those are the experts. So that's who should we, we should be listening to. Okay, what was, experts. That, what was that last one again? Anthony, what's his name? Albert Burla. Um that uh, COVID-19 is rare in children, that all those uh, data shows that severe COVID-19 is rare in children, widespread vaccination is a critical tool to help stop transmission. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's supposed to stop transmission. If you get vaccinated, you're not supposed to get sick, according to Dr. Fauci. Um, and then you've got the former director Director General of the World Health Organization that states that 70% of her budget comes from donations. And of those yep. donations come strings attached to it. So I'm guessing Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation without actually saying Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah. Um, and then the talking with the Buffalo Bills thing, you have a 1,841% increase in sudden cardiac event deaths in athletes. You had 2.4 deaths per month from 1966 to 2004. And since 2021 to 22, there's 46.6 deaths per month. Wow. I guess global warming is rampant, amping up, eh? Yep. And then um, the other thing I sent to you was um, the R&D executive of uh, Pfizer. He was ex-Pfizer VP. And R&D executive said COVID-19 vaccines are designed to be toxic. There's no doubt in my mind as a trained toxicologist and and experienced new drug designer and former pharmaceutical company that uh, the central intention of these vaccines is to cause toxicity. Hmm. So obviously he doesn't work for the company no more. Yeah. yeah, He ended up handing in his resignation uh, upon the, the release of this. Uh, vaccine but a whole bunch of data that way yeah hey Todd local oh. Oh. hey Todd I'm here hey how are you good Hello, I Todd. just got in late we're just uh, talking about some of the interesting stuff Paul has some good points no no sorry I was um... <laughs> so uh, what did you guys want to talk about today Paul brought up a bunch of things that came up on Twitter there that are, are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to go over them, Paul? Yeah, yeah, we could go over them. Maybe the incident rates. Yeah. That uh, we have a 1,841% increase in sudden cardiac deaths in athletes. So from not 1966 to 2004, there's been an average of 2.4 deaths per month. Um, But from 2021 to 22, there's 46.6 deaths per month. Hmm. And then you have um, coming down here, we talked about last week and Jeff was trying to inform us about how vaccines work, that they help mount an antibody response. Well, Dr. Fauci, who is head of the National Institute of Health, said that when people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they're not going to get infected. And you have Dr. Albert Burla, who is the CEO of Pfizer. He said, although the data shows that severe COVID-19 is rare in children, widespread vaccination is a critical tool to help stop transmission. 
Yeah. And then you have the um, ex Pfizer VP, Dr. Mike Yielden. Uh, he said, COVID-19 vaccines are designed to be toxic. There's no doubt in my mind that as a trained toxicologist and experienced new drug designer, um, this is what this uh, vaccine has been designed and developed for. Wow, that's we, interesting. Uh, and ahead. then we go into the former director general of the World Health Organization. She was caught on camera in a big panel conference saying that of her budget, only 30% is supplied through the United Nations and that 70% uh, of her donations are done through private donors with strings attached to them. Um, so it, it goes to uh, go on to, uh, to state further that if the pandemic treaty is signed, that they want to sign where the health organization has control over the sovereignty of every country that those unelected donors will actually be like de facto in charge of control over livestock and human health. And then we also have. Those are pretty good. Yeah. So an another doctor, Dr. Luke Montier, um, a French virologist who won the 2008 Nobel prize in medicine for the discovery of the HIV virus said that mass vaccination is an enormous mistake and that the COVID vaccines are creating the variants. So from, from the experts yeah, themselves. He, he passed away too last year, I think. Oh yeah. 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 So so what we have what from what Jeff said last week was is he's right on on target with what this actually is. Whereas it's been brandished as a cure all for everything by Pfizer, by the government, by everybody else. And that's uh, when they know that. The actual fact, it is just as what Jeff was saying, that it's just something to boost your immunity for a short period of time to, to deal with a, a virus, right? And yeah, killing a certain amount of people yeah. uh, in the yeah. process. So. That's right. Yeah, and it's and killing And doing irreparable harm down the road as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like like you said, like that, what, an 1,800%, over 1,800% increase in uh, af athletic deaths in two oh, yeah. years compared to the last 60 years. Yeah. Uh, 1962 to, to 20, uh, Oh, four. Okay. Oh, four. Okay. So, so, so yeah. Close so to about 50, 40 years. years. Yeah. Well, yeah. look, look at the, um, NFL football game the other day. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. Uh, my wife showed me, my wife is always on top of this where, she goes, well, okay, well, look at this. Right away, she managed to pull up a video of some cardiologist was saying, oh, this was because he had received a really heavy hit. Yes, hit to the chest or something, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? That is a possibility. But right yeah. away, like if somebody said, oh, he died because he just got the, the booster a while ago, blah, blah. Oh, no, you're, you, know, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And then, but... Right away, they say, oh, it was because he was uh, subjected to a very hard hit in the game. Mm. Like, where's the proof of that? Did you did you do tests on him yourself? Did does you... he have a cracked uh, sternum? Does he, yeah. is he, uh, does he have a large amount of bruising over the chest area? Probably does now from the CPR and everything. But... Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, they, they, they suck and blow at the same time. They really do. <laughs> Like, you know well, what? Well put. Yeah, shut the fuck up. And well, you know, yeah, you're so right, Todd. You're so right. It's funny how when they come to their they start their um their uh introduction with already a conclusion. Yet if you come and approach it from another standpoint and ask questions, then you're just ignorant. You just don't know what you're talking about. If you look at the deaths caused by what they're talking about by impact. That hit in the scheme of football, there should be 50 cardiac events every game. That was not a hard, heavy hit. And it was a, more of a glancing blow when exactly. you really look at it. Exactly. It would have ricocheted. If it was a bullet, it would have ricocheted off and not go straight through. Hmm. If, you, if you look at it, when he tackled him, his, he had his arms wrapped around him and his legs kind of spun up off the ground. 
if you notice, the rest of the players started walking away until he stood up, grabbed his chest, and fell backwards. Like everyone else who seems to look over their shoulder, hold their chest, and fall like a straight board backwards. Now, they're saying how it was at the right hit at the right time during the heart wave. I think this is the same doctor you're, you're referring to at the T wave that it is just an unbelievable bad of stroke of bad luck. If you actually look at the people who have actually died due to the impact trauma of the chest, you see this typically only in hockey or baseball players when they get a ball to the chest, because when you have a hit like that from a football player, you're usually being hit with a broad side of the body. So you have that surface area diff diffusing all of that uh, force or inertia all the way throughout. However, when you're playing baseball, that baseball has a small finite point that concentrates the focus of energy in there. And in certain conditions, yes, it can stop your heart. Same with a hockey puck. It has a nice defined edge, and that's what does it. Otherwise, why don't we see 10 people a game in hockey where they're, where they're skating 35 kilometers an hour at each other? Why aren't they dropping over with heart attacks? Yeah. And you don't even mention the fact that they're heavily padded and, and uh, more or less armored to, to prevent injuries, right? Kevlar padded shoulder pads. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very funny how very the, the controlled narrative was quickly disseminated where this guy dropped his practice and he's just like boom and if you notice he was wearing uh, so did you notice that right away the guy the guy the doctor that was wearing uh, the tie had a purple tie on and this is the color that they're now um i don't know thoughts and wishes is associated to this guy hamlin so it's just like all these subjects did you notice too that the uh, ambulance coming out onto the field didn't have the big logo of a hospital that's that's uh, taking care of the the field. All no, I didn't. I just saw the hit. Typically, an ambulance has ambulance written on it. Yeah, it looks like a U-Haul truck that came out there. Uh -huh. I don't know, but um, but what do you know? You're just a physiotherapist. What yeah, do you know about exactly, sports right? injuries? <laughs> what do I know about sports injuries? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's fascinating how the narrative just quickly got out there. And if you try to find that video now, you have to go like dark web to kind of find it. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's saying, I... well, they, they don't want you to gloat or have glory in that moment. Or they might not want to see you that other people might say, that's not a bad hit. I've seen other guys on punt return just get demolished. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, mm. it's just it. It's you know the bullshit is um, a ten feet thick. Well, think about this as well. Okay, so the story is coming out that there's federal agents now guarding the hospital room of this guy Hamlet in the hospital. First of all, why isn't it the state police or the local police doing it? And Second for what of all, purpose? Exactly right. Like, okay, maybe crazy fans or passionate Bills fans want to go in and give their well wishes. Okay, well, you'd post a guard out there, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I would think. Or, you or you'd hire really... security to to maintain, you know, uh, uh, control and access to the individual, right? A hundred percent, absolutely. But he's in. Think about this: How many people in our neighborhoods go to the hospital complaining of chest pain? get sent back home and said it's indigestion, take some antacids and aspirin and go take a nap. And then they have to come back the next day because it was a real cardiac event after they realized that they made a mistake. They have intubated this guy in ICU and put him under minimal sedation. When have you ever had minimal sedation and intubated for a heart attack? I don't yeah. know. I have known nothing like is what, yeah. So why? What do you? What do you think? Like, what would be the medical rationale for doing that? To me, it sounds like it's probably it, it probably has to be blood clot related. Mm. That's why you would do it because you're not getting enough oxygen into the lungs, and that would make more sense because people like heart attacks are not not rare. People get them all the time. How many people actually go to ICU? Don't don't forget they rushed out onto the field. AED him and CPR'd him right away. 
-hmm. He didn't go brain dead. (laughs) I can't see him going brain dead. And you have so much oxygen locked and trapped in your blood system that as long as you prime the pump and pump the chest, you technically don't need to give any breath of air into someone's body since, you know, the air is, what do we, 16% uh, combined oxygen in the air. Yeah. And we have mm-hmm. so much hemoglobin holding on to oxygen. You just have to get that blood moving throughout the body. So it's just amazing that, uh, just think of your own personal history. How many people with heart attacks have been ICU intubated under sedation? I, would I don't know of anybody. Know. Yeah. No, I've seen uh, people from heart attacks be given painkillers. Uh, yep, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I, I yeah. don't know of any other cases like that because they're not reporting anything else except for heart, cardiac event. See, mm-hmm. and it, it get back uh, to get back to our point um, now uh, up from last week is that. Um, you know, we, you know, we're cons- called conspiracy theorists and everything like that, but we're just the erosion of trust. Mm-hmm. Everything it's now huge. becomes under the, yeah, it's, it just gets under the microscope and, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's not good. And this is just another example is right away. People are just rolling their eyes because they're sitting there going like, here we go. Oh yeah, he had it was the hit. It was this. And of course the what they call them now uh, normies, the ones that, you know, just stick their head in the ground and won't question anything are yeah. going to oh yeah, you know, you're an idiot if you believe that that happened, right? Exactly. And you know, nothing's going to get solved because they're not the people that need to be looking aren't looking. Yeah. Yep. Do you see that uh, along the same kind of idea uh, we're talking about uh, things that are developing or coming to the limelight now is uh, I know Western University had a mandatory vaccination policy and you see they lifted that policy after two mm-hmm. of the students died after getting vaccinated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time too, like other why did they make why did they let that policy with the two two people um, dead after the vaccination if it's not correlated to the vaccination why would you lift the program that's successful that's right exactly yeah yeah i would say in that case there they're trying to get out from underneath a lawsuit yeah oh yeah and well guess guess i saw the headlines um of course the headline was above the um byline story about the football player who collapsed um the new variant <laughs> yeah they call this one i don't know i haven't even heard about the new variant yet yeah it's yeah. um i'll look up the name yeah i forget what it's called but i saw that it's being it's out there. there's two well there's two variants the big super one from china and the one that's developing in the states right yeah it's okay. spreading um of course, they're going to close the travel uh, uh, restrictions until one, and when it's too late, right? And close the board, well, the barn door after the cows get out. Yeah. Did you did you see what uh, the state's uh, tr- air travel ban was supposed to be lifted um, January the sixth, and has now been extended till April tenth for all <laughs> non U.S. passport holders. Hmm. So, wait. So they can't fly. Uh, if you're not American, you can't fly into America. Unvaccinated, un, well, unvaccinated Americans can fly into America because they can't mm-hmm. deny citizenship to their mm-hmm. or refuge to their citizens. Uh-huh. But yeah. uh, Canadians cannot fly into a, a U.S. territory. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we're starting to now test with those bogus test kits that are useless. Uh, the Chinese passengers coming over from China. Yeah. Do you know, um, I listened to uh, USA Watchdog podcast uh, while I was coming home tonight. And a gentleman named Alex Newman, who um, 
has written quite a bit about the globalists and he writes for the new American, I think the new American. And they did a survey and one out of four Americans knows somebody that has been either died or severely affected by the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Why out of four? Yeah. And he is, his point is that they are not going to get the genie back in the bottle. And they, the next, who knows how long, but this um, is going to be the, the top sort of story, not in the media, of course, but amongst people of uh, relatives that have died as a result or been severely harmed from the vaccine. Yeah. Do you imagine the anger? Oh yeah. Like people people are going to lose it over this. Mhm. Yeah, and, it wouldn't be a very nice thing to be in a on a politician's office by themselves without armed guards when oh. people come to a realization. Oh. Yeah. There's they they won't be safe anywhere. No. 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 Um, but, but at, at the same time, I look at that and I'm like, well, in, uh, in my practice, I try to say it without saying it to people. I just say, have you noticed that there's so many places looking for hired help and places have to close down and people are like, yeah, I wonder what happened. I don't think you have to wonder too hard. Like mm-hmm. my goodness, I think it, people are either sick or incapacitated and can't work. Mm-hmm. And our government has fed the other lazy people and they just don't want to work. But I think mm-hmm. the, the main thing is, I think there's a lot more injuries and a lot more things that should be reported to bears that just aren't being, being sent up the chain. Mm-hmm. They say only 10% of all real uh, vaccine injuries actually make it on bears. And they have I over like 2 lower, million in the state. Yeah. I heard it was as low as 1%. Yeah. Yeah. You know, i I can see that because, you know, it's all paperwork that the, that the doctors don't get paid for. Right. Exactly. And it doesn't it, it, it you can't do it very quickly. No, it takes about right. a half hour to do the paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Convenient, conveniently. Right. Yeah. And I'm Correct. sure a lot, a lot of doctors have a lot of time to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah especially when they don't get paid. OK. Yeah. That, that new virus uh, coming out of the states called the Kraken. Oh, the Kraken, that's it. That's right. And uh, it, it says its nickname is for a worrying new subvariant of the Omicron strain of COVID-19. It's on the increase in the U.S. and Europe and has been identified in more than 25 countries, according to the WHO. And <clears throat> says a rapidly increasing proportion of, uh, yeah, again, the U.S. and other countries is, is a concern. And there have been... Five reported of cases of the latest strain in uh, British Columbia. And the main concern is the speed at which it spreads uh, compared to other subvariants. And the cases surging in the U.S. Uh, basically go- goes on, uh, representing more than 40% of the cases in the U.S. is the Kraken. And let's see... Uh, First of all, they're, why did they call it the Kraken? They're trying to make it more scary? or I don't know. I think they're just making fun uh, of us and doing a victory lap now. Is it the Seattle Kraken? Is it supposed to be a sea monster that comes up like an octopus out of the water? Yeah, yeah. That's basically what it is. Big, like a big squid in a sense, right? With Yeah. Yeah. Tentacles reaching it, everywhere. It doesn't talk about anything about uh, how virulent, uh, how bad it is. It's just, it's basically Omicron. That's just... Um, spreading spreading faster, I guess, than it was before. And let's see here. Well, people's immune systems are degraded, of course. And it's, it says your case, cases of reinfection are limited to those who had an initial infection prior to Omicron. So they say some people that have uh, that had early COVID may get this, but if you if you had uh, Omicron, then you're probably okay. Yeah. Well, it's very fascinating that you have the word long COVID is now gone out of the media and now gone. 
monkeypox has disappeared. That didn't work too well. Yeah. So we got to come up with a kraken. Yeah. I think it's just fear porn. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so it, it really it's it's not more more um, deadlier. It's just spreads is becoming the dominant uh, one, I guess. Yeah. So since we're kind of in flu season, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, there's. I'm looking all through this entire article from the National Post. And none of it talks about uh, how, if it's any more deadly or if it's any more other than the ability to spread is a lot. A lot uh, um, so, so they're writing about so what, what you're trying to say, uh, Craig, is they're spreading fear, but they're not really disseminating science. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. This is what they've been doing all along, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I've gone through the whole article and it's nothing about how if it's any more dangerous. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? Is it going to be an election in twenty twenty three or what? Well, they've definitely been. Uh, I've seen a lot more ads on social media of uh, Justin Trudeau panhandling for uh, donations for the coffers of the uh, liberals, right? Yeah. Have you noticed that? It's been a few. What do you think, uh, Todd? He's Part muted. of me, it, yeah, I'm, I'm back. Part of me is um, thinking that um, he will try and prolong it as long as he can. His popularity is, like, I, I follow him on Twitter, and I just laugh my ass off. And just every time that dipshit or his people post something, uh, the you'll get, you know, 500 comments and they're all like 99 percent of them are just like you know resign those are the more those are the more nicer yeah. ones a lot of them or, are you know or who are the who are the recipients of the chinese funds you know yeah exactly one. yeah yeah it's like you know i don't know how if he is getting good information from his um you know, his team or whatever you want to call his gang. Oh, yeah. His criminal gang. What's what are they polling? Like, are they actually do you believe the polls um, No. that this guy has a, still has a fighting chance? According to the last poll, I see the conservatives are running at 37 percent to the liberals. Thirty one right now. Yeah. And that that in a way is huge because the the way the vote gets concentrated. Right. Like mm-hmm. the liberals, there's, there's, like I even look in our writing, um, the liberals will get, you know, consistently 15 or 20% pretty much everywhere because people who most tend to vote for them are, you know, bleeding hearts and people employed by the government, right? And yeah. um, if, if they're, if they're neck and neck in the polls, that is a majority territory for the conservatives. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. the scary thing that I, I it's funny because you you mentioned about like ninety nine, if not, I, I think a hundred I don't need I don't see on social media or Twitter anyone saying anything positive to Trudeau. Normally you've got to scroll down 30, 40 comments before mm-hmm. it really starts getting juicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh but yeah, they're, they're, I, I I go on the site and look at the comments and they're just enjoyable. Um but I, I really think that he thinks he has a chance at a majority. And Jagmeet Singh has been really active on there too, trying to pretend he's the the man of the people. But meanwhile, he's got his kid dressed in a thousand dollar Canadian goose jacket. He's like two years old. Yeah, um, he doesn't. He doesn't have no common sense with their in, in touchness with uh, the common man that struggled. No, but Trudeau. No. Yeah, I don't know where he's getting his stuff from, but holy dang! If, if Twitter is anything, I guess you can make an argument that maybe more conservatives are on Twitter than uh, liberals, but I don't, I don't know if you can make that argument anymore. No, no, I, I, I think, um, well, unless you know what, 
we could be deceived as well uh, again because sure. what the people that tend to really hate them tend to really go out there. But there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, I vote for him because I like his hair or he talks really <laughs> cool. Like, you know, like yeah. Obama, right? Yeah. And um, so I, I think, you know, but at the same time too, let's be honest, right? Mm -hmm. The conservatives, what are they going to do? <laughs> like nothing. The hole's already dug. Yeah. Like how, how, how are they going to turn this around without a lot of pain? And that's what the thing that makes me really mad is we still have these people with their head in the fricking sand that, Oh, I, I, you know what? I, I don't want to vote for them because I know they're going to cut spending or do this or do that. And it's like, you realize that, you know, that the trouble we are in financially doesn't matter. We are going to go through some sort of pain and it's better to just get it over with now and uh, move on. But I think there's still a lot of people with their head in the sand that um, don't and uh, don't understand what we're going to be going through. No. Yeah, you're right. It's it, The hole is too deep. I just saw an article just released today by the Chamber of Commerce in the Niagara region that um, they're relocating hundreds and hundreds of uh, refugee families to Niagara Falls. And Chris Biddle has now announced that uh, over $500 million has been earmarked to move certain refugee families into different locations around southern ontario and into uh other parts of the uh, other parts of the country mm -hmm. so is he trying to, who votes liberal yeah. newly immigrated refugees so mm -hmm. and and who is in niagara falls right now you know yeah provincially it's ndp um i think federally who who's who's running out there it's nicholson i think uh i think it's a conservative in niagara falls so and, you add uh, maybe three, four hundred families and you give them insta voting rights. That could sway certain ridings to go where and as more people pour in from the Toronto region, you're gonna start seeing maybe more things go red. That's right, mm -hmm. yeah. So well try to swing a few areas, right? Mm -hmm. I I'm I am long long-term optimistic about what's going to happen in our country, but I'm short-term pessimistic. Yeah. And I'm not hundred percent sure it will be done through the election process. <laughs> I well, think... and you know, what does pull you out? What does he have to offer and contribute? Is he even alive? I haven't heard from him lately. Well, I mean, again, they have the modern conservative, um, uh, platform where it's basically we're going to liberal light right yeah and we're gonna you know talk out of both sides of our mouth at the same time i mean right. i'm gonna i'm gonna vote conservative in the next election because i really like my mp yes my, my mp is leslie lewis and she um will represents us well and um because, I mean, I, I just saw her tweet the other day where she basically said, uh, you know, um, anti-mandatory uh, vaccination. And yeah. she was talking about, you know, whole point of science is to question science. And, exactly. you know, she, um, you know, really spoke out. So, I mean, I want an MP like that, regardless of, their, regardless of their party. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't have any illusions about the what the conservatives are going to do for us, to be honest. I. Yeah. Well, it, it will even go along with your point. What can they do at one point five, one point six trillion dollars in the hole? <clears throat> yeah, we're going to go really? through a lot of pain now. Yeah. Moving ahead. um what I, you know, what I would do is if I was a, a political leader in this country and I assumed office, I would be sitting down with 
um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, business um, leaders, uh, university professors, uh, writers on economics and figure out how we could develop a sound monetary policy, uh, you know, and then get us get us on the right track. But regardless of that, we're going to go through a lot of pain. You know, we're just starting to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the next question you have is, who's been compromised by the WEF, right? Um, in all the parties, I think they've been all infiltrated by the World Economic Forum. Yeah, so, there's yeah. actually uh, numerous articles that they're taking directly taking their marching orders from them. Yep. Right. Um, yeah. Because Listen, guys, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put us. Uh, we got a, a sponsor's message coming up, and we're gonna have to just uh, hold off for the sponsor, and I'll uh, get right back to you in a second uh, after these commercial messages. Okay, thanks for our sponsors. That you heard it uh, from Todd's Hemorrhoid Cream and Hairstylist. Uh, thanks for uh, supporting <laughs> our show. And and we're back on the air, and uh, here we are. Uh, we're, our last uh, we were talking about was uh, you were you were making a few points, or uh, was it Todd? Oh, I was just saying that uh, no matter who gets elected, we have an economic mess to deal with. And yeah, definitely. I I I'm not that enamored with the Conservative Party because of the fact that. They're not being honest. They're doing that. They're selling the same snake oil as that. Well, our system is going to work. You know, everyone's going to have prosperity the day after we're elected. Well, no, it's not going to happen. No, we've got probably uh, almost a generation of rebuilding to do. And, and that's provided we make the right decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, and you know, the problem is the money that we have spent and the money that we have um, uh, borrowed against our future is not a bad thing to have debt as long as you put it towards your infrastructure to build a booming society in the future. Our infrastructure is crumbling at the same time we're expanding our debt load. Yeah, that's the uh, real problem. You're right. What are we going into debt for? Exactly. Yeah. Vaccines that were thrown out in the garbage. Yeah. Um, paying people to stay home. Yep. Or, or, or the economics of we're going to take the debt on so you don't have to as an individual. Yeah. Like economics, uh, you know, for idiots. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're not yep. going to have to pay this back because we're taking it on. Uh, you realize that we pay that through our taxes. Uh, like, is he that stupid? Or is he just a bloody liar? Both. I think it's both. It's yeah. Both. It's, it's, it's the, the feeding the stupid with, they, with the, the ignorant that they're so stupid. And they just love lying. I don't think they can help themselves. No, you know, he... Um, he uh, is dumber than a bag of hammers. Mm-hmm. The, the only people don't like they say they the only people dumber than him are the people who voted for him. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was looking at a number of things. I guess uh, speaking of dumb things that uh, Justin has done, I get apparently the beginnings of all the armored lavs are, are from Canada are arriving now. And uh, I'm sure they'll be blown up real good in a very short order. And they Wait, uh, we're we're sending newly manufactured labs out of London or our actual armed force labs. Both. Oh, <laughs> you know that the uh, the Royal Canadian Artillery in Canada has no artillery pieces because they're all in all the modern uh, pieces have all been sent to. Uh, uh, the Ukraine. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting you brought that up too, because um, that's another thing we really haven't talked about, but the volatility of the situation in the Ukraine right now, it's like 
I, I listened to a gentleman, a writer, former armed, armed forces officer, American called um, Douglas McGregor. And he actually remember the battle of 73 Easton in the first Gulf war. Yep. He participated in that. Oh yeah. Which was one of the largest tank battles in, in history. history. Yeah. 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 It was pretty one-sided too. <laughs> yep. Um, it was the equivalent of the, what do you call it? The Marianas Turkey shoot bitten tanks. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. There was a lot of crispy, uh, Iraqis after that he is he is like raising the red flag the fact that um the Russians are getting ready to launch a winter offensive and it's going to be the textbook uh Russian offensive where they are going to absolutely obliterate everything in their path remember we were talking a, a long time ago and about the war and everyone's going on about the stupid Russians and look at all the tanks are losing and everything like mm -hmm. that. Well, his point was, he says, now you're starting to see the T nineties. You weren't seeing oh. T 90 tanks before they weren't using their, what did he say? They had frontline equipment. Yeah. No. Yeah. And they are now, um, they're mobilizing. The reserves, he figures they're going to have at least a million men. Hmm. Like this, this is going to be a, a, a massive offensive. And, you know, you talk about, well, we just gave all our equipment. You might as well kiss all that shit goodbye. It's never coming back. Yeah. yeah. And, and what a strategy. Eh? Just now we're basically toothless. Yeah. Which, you know. in a way, uh, at least uh, Trudeau not having access to an armed force is actually, you know, I think it's better. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, him, it's better that way. <laughs> Let's just put it this that way. <laughs> he, yeah. They don't have enough horses to trample all of us, do they? Yes, exactly. He's in, I would. Yeah. The musical ride is so. only so big, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, really. Yeah. I mean, and what really scares me is, the, and he he brings it up too is that there's a chiefs of staff of the armed forces in the United States are pretty much yes men mm -hmm. and yep. this this war has taken on some sort of uh, uh, you know again uh, mythical story the fact is oh it's it's good versus evil it's not no it's 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 two shitheads slugging it out citizens caught in between and, and the other and the other caveat to that is the americans are butthurt because now they can't launder their money through the ukraine through typical fashion uh yeah i think there's so they're using the military to do so right yeah there's a lot of skeletons in the closet over there that yeah. uh certain uh well i mean look at the what is it the that fund was it ftx yep yeah where um what they did is they sent aid to the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And what happened was, is that Ukrainians took that aid and I believe they invested in FTX. And, yes. then, what, and then what they did is the Ukrainians or FTX then donated money to the Democrat party. Right. Yes. So guess what, man? Money laundering 101, right? Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. So we're, we're supporting, like, Zelensky should be taken out and shot. The absolute stupidity that he has shown with his leadership. And, you know, of course, he's, he's a media darling, right? Oh, yeah. But if I was an average Ukrainian, I think, you're an asshole. The Russians, yep. all, all you had to do was give some autonomy to the Russian minorities because, I mean, and they initiated the problem. They, when um, his, he won elections the year when they got rid of the uh, pro-Russian leader, he then started demanding that um, the French or the, the Russian language be banned. 
Yeah. And they started causing problems in the eastern Repu uh, parts of the uh, the country were mostly the mostly mostly Russian speaking. So, yes. I mean, he he's he's an incompetent leader. He put his country through a war that didn't have to happen. And at the same time, though, Todd, they're also not seeking a peaceful resolution. No, he's just coming over here begging for more money. They're getting their asses kicked. It, yeah. McGregor's estimate of casualties is pretty much 50% of their uh, complement of soldiers has are casualties. Dead, missing, wounded. Hmm. And he said they do not have, uh, like they're getting bled white. And, and, and they're this much vaunted offensive when they drove the Russians back, he's saying. God, people, there was a strategic retreat. They just like and, and the Russians did make some mistakes in this war, he said that the fact is, is what they did is. They they went in light and yeah. they got a surprise because, you know, the the NATO backed um, armaments that the um, Ukrainians had gave them some trouble because they were going in light. They were trying to minimize casualties and not agitate the Ukrainian population. And, you know, it costs them. Well, yep. they're not going to, he said, like I said, they're not doing that this time. It's going to be mm. a total shit show. What I'm worried about is the fallout. Like the polls are being absolutely belligerent, which in a way I understand it. I'm, quite sure if you talk to most people that lived through uh the second world war uh against the nazis in poland i'm quite sure that they would probably have a negative opinion about a lot of germans but yeah their stance of like their belligerent stance going after the uh the russians and trying to provoke a confrontation is is going to blow up in their face not not a pleasant prospect let's just put it that way no that's for sure it's you, you think about it um basically literally on the cusp of uh a full-blown nato versus uh, russia war and then uh that's just the beginning of it because then what happens next is what do we see what happens in uh taiwan and in mm -hmm. Korea and all the rest of it, right? Yep. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, you so, know, that's the funny thing. Is, is China just sitting back and being, okay, good. Let's draw NATO into Russia. A weak Russia is good for us. In that the U.S. and NATO will be preoccupied there, and they can't split their forces to Taiwan. And then North Korea sees an opportunity and starts lobbing missiles back over Japan again to try to get them involved. And then you've just got a whole big powder keg. You've got the Ukraine, essentially, uh, the way I see it, the U.S. is using Ukraine as a proxy war against Russia. Yeah, they're trying to their, – their strategy is to um, bleed the Russians white. And because, yeah. I, because his contention, and I tend to agree with it, is that um, there's different factions in the United States. There's the, um, the globalists. And then there's the neocons. The globalists want to bring down Russia because they see a strong nationalist state. And that's what every globalist hates. And the neocons just have this hatred of Russia um, because the they want to be the dominant power. Sorry, what was that? In the love of war, basically. Oh, yeah. Neocons are – and they're the mostly industrial complex. Yeah, most yeah. of them are are Republicans, and they're just pieces of shit, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yes. Uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, paper tigers, right? Is they've never uh, experienced war. Their children will never experience war. It'll be someone else to do the killing and dying. Yeah. Um, and for what? Just so they could have hegemony, and yep. you know. They are just as bad as the communist Chinese. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. So um, those two factions 
want war with Russia or they want Russia yeah. to, to fall. And, you know, they might get more than they bargained for. I because think so. it's well, and, and McGregor's contention is that the um, this is a war of um, sort of survival for the Russians. NATO's encroached on their territory and reneged on promises made since the 90s. Yeah. They've had enough. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's one thing for uh, countries to join NATO, but these countries are joining NATO, and at the same time, you're hearing all this rhetoric about Putin this, Russia this, you know, and you know, very um, provocative statements are being made against the Russians. And so they're sitting there going like, well, we want these people on our doorstep. Yep. Yeah, just just like if you just look at the situation, like Putin just caught heat for going to Belarus and trying to draw Belarus onto their side, right? Mm -hmm. And there's no way any American politician, senator, or congressman would ever allow Russia to get into Canada. No. If they were to come on the border of the U.S., they wouldn't even be talking about it. They would just go up there and nuke them. You know what? These, these guys, these politicians, especially um, politicians on the left um, and the right, I mean the far right too, like the the neocon types, is mm-hmm. they're like those kids that would just – annoy the shit out of people when and when someone finally had enough they pulled off and punched him in the face or something like that and then they went screaming like they were there was an unprovoked attack and yeah. you know it's, well you know it's funny it, it sounds like let's draw wisdom from mike tyson mike tyson the one time said you know everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face <laughs> <laughs> And all bets are off, right? Yeah. It's these people have not had a punch in the face lately. No. And maybe they need a punch in the face. Life has been good in the first world. Yeah. And they just don't understand that. Because you, like you said earlier, it this is like the Vietnam thing. We're just, uh, Muhammad Ali he said, no Viet Cong ever called me the N-word. Why am I going to go to fight for them? It's not yeah. going to be the rich white kids. The rich white kids are going to have um flat feet right and get the doctor yeah. script to get out of it yeah uh or fallen arches and you know it's um it's gonna be the the minorities and where's your black lives matter now protesting this because once there's a war i bet you there's a certain skin color that's heading over there to the to the far reaches of eastern europe yeah it's gonna be the hillbillies and it's gonna be the 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 blacks and the browns the undesirables yeah. Yeah, I and I, I I really uh, respect this gentleman uh, Gerald Salente, and he's I listened <laughs> to him being interviewed for years, and I, he's always yeah. said he said when all else fails, they take you to war. Yeah, that's right. The way the economy is, um, and you know the fiscal issues that we will be experiencing, they um, will definitely need a distraction. Oh, yeah. Speaking of distractions. So, you know how uh, the Trudeau government uh, has uh, mandated uh, the use of electric cars by, was it 2030? Yes. Yeah. So he's just given uh, his little dose of reality, which I'm sure he doesn't care, is in order for that to happen, there's a hundred billion dollar cost to the infrastructure to to enable this to happen i did some rough calculations right i mean there's certain margins of error and things like that um and i did sort of the annual gasoline and diesel usage in the country and then converted that energy to uh kilowatt hours and then i didn't even take into account the efficiency of the grid yeah. Um, but they would have to pretty much double the size of the grid. Yeah. Conservatively. You know, 
and, and when they say double the size of the grid, they say, oh, we'll just put in more power plants. No, that's not how it works. They're going to have to build yep. the transmission system. Um, yep. You know, it's just it's just going to be a massive undertaking. Yeah, it's like a, it'd be like a, on the scale of basically the the entire militarization of the industries during World War II. Yes, it'd be a massive project. And see, yeah. this was really bothers me about these people with their head. They have their heads up their ass. Think like electric. And you know what? If you can look at an electric vehicle, if you look at, you know, some of the, you know, if you, you want to reduce smog in a city and, you know, you have a certain penetration of electric vehicles in the market, not necessarily a bad idea. There, and I've had a drive in a Tesla and the, it's a really interesting vehicle. But um, wholesale solution to this perceived global warming problem? No, not in a million yeah. years. Yeah. Well, we've, we've already talked about in other shows of how many, what is it, 29,000 years to get all of the rare earth minerals? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, but on, yeah, yeah. But on top of that, just think about what you're talking about, where it's just like, yeah, just like it's almost like uh, SimCity, just build another power plant. But think about yeah, how much Sim copper, yeah, yeah, think about how much copper it would take to run those new power lines. Oh, yeah. And everything else and all the ceramics, you you know more about that than I do, but. Yeah, and they then usually then... mostly use aluminum at the high voltage um, levels. But yeah, I mean, I'm working on a site right now that is already wants to expand, but they're challenged by the ability to be supplied power. And it's going to take like uh, almost four years to get the power. And they're actually, in the meantime, they got to keep making their product that they are um, installing the natural gas fired generators. Yeah. Hmm. So that's so, what they're doing now is to, to compensate for the lack of power in the grid. Yeah, the the, yeah. the grid they you know it, it's a, it's quite a remote site in a lot of ways. They just can't get the power from the utility, so they're going to have to put their own in. Hmm. Well, I was going to relate that back to my my favorite story about the communists um the, the Chinese communists, um, I don't know if it was the, probably the 60s, where they, um, do I have time for this story? Yes. Oh, by all means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what they did is they, their economists came to the, their, their communist um, uh, economists came to them and said, do you know that if you really look at it, the countries that produce the most steel are the most uh, wealthiest countries in the world? So then they got together a plan. They said, okay, well, then what we have to do is we just have to produce more steel. So what they <laughs> did is they, uh, they they figured that was the techno fix, right? As long as we produce lots of steel, we will be um, uh, successful. So they encouraged uh, steel manufacturing all over the country. Like then I, I've seen the – I saw the propaganda videos where they showed a doctor – seeing a patient and then he walks out the back door and he's tending his uh you know 18th century um technology um steel making um uh, furnace and they did this all over the country and then all of a sudden the problem they found a problem is the fact is that people were neglecting the traditional industries and they had massive economic failure and then the yeah. same thing where they they, they, someone got the idea, some in the communist agricultural uh, ministry got the idea that birds were eating too much fruit. So they organized literally millions of people to, in their farm or collective farms, to go out, sort of harass the birds until they were exhausted and fell to the ground. And then they took them away and killed them and ate them. Well, turns out that what ha was happening the birds weren't eating the fruit the birds were eating the insects in the fruit and they ended up with a massive famine because their fruit crops were destroyed and i equate <laughs> i equate this to this electric car techno fix and yep renewable and the, energy. the the knee-jerk uh, reaction from the fe the federal liberals right yeah, it's a panacea, right? It'll solve yeah. everything. 
and it's 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 a it's a it's a great um you know um sort of stance for the um general population who has no idea what they're talking about hmm. which is going to you know we're going to experience the same issues that the communist chinese uh experience with their steel industry and um you know agriculture well, as well because here here you know even in agriculture now they're talking about oh we're going to have to reduce nitrogen levels yeah so, okay. so what we're going to do is um we're going to uh you know have a voluntary a voluntary reduction in um nitrogen use in the agriculture yeah <laughs> But they're yeah, talking voluntary about until you're re- told. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, they're doing a 50% reduction. They want a 50% reduction in the in the nitrogen uh, use that they're doing now. But what they fail to tell you is that over the last decade and a half, farmers have already cut 30% out through innovative and through and more streamlined. Yeah. yeah. So now you're not you're not going. It's not honest. It's not cutting by 50%. You're doing 50% on the 30% already. Yeah. And so there is no more fat to trim off that bone. And so no. yeah, you're gonna see mass famine. Yeah. It's funny, everything the the danger in everything that they're doing is results in um death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starvation or yeah. So it it, it you one it really makes you wonder. <laughs> I don't think you can intentionally, uh, if this is not done intentionally, then, then what a bunch of stroke of bad luck. Like, look at us. We're not even a manufacturing nation anymore, North America. We're yeah, consumerism well, and service industry. And that was by design. Yeah. And, and, but I think too, this is where the danger of ideology um, is the same with the, the, the communist example I showed mm-hmm. Uh, you see these zealots in the Liberal Party and even in the Conservative Party, too, because, you know, ex- extreme conservatives will always say, well, it's really simple. We'll just uh, lower taxes and let the market create prosperity. Right. Which yeah. long term it does. But you need a you need a, str- a national strategic plan and what you're going to do. Right. And we well, need a transition and a buffer in the meantime. Yeah. And but. um. These these zealots, you know, climate zealots and social zealots, um, only see things a certain way, and 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 it, it's going to cause economic chaos, and there will be real yeah. physical penalties for what we're going to go through for what they're doing. Yeah, like when we kill when we kill our oil industry, um, at a certain point, we're going to have fuel shortages. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you have fuel shortages? Well, you you lose uh, food production, you lose manufacturing farming. production. Sorry, farming. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens when you know people don't get food? They riots. go crazy and riots, and some die, and causes a lot of political instability in your country. There's there's going to you know, people are going to die from their policies. But this is the order out of chaos, right? Yeah, but I think, you know, like um, Martin Armstrong says about these people, they're all think tank people. Yeah, They aren't like Trump type entrepreneurs that pulled them up by their bootstraps. A lot of them come from academia um, mm-hmm. or, you know, some large multinational corporations so which is akin to welfare right now but um so you know they really have their head up their ass they really don't know what they're talking about they're gonna they're gonna get a lot of people killed like even like if you look like the nazis right they had this vision right and what 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 did it end up it just caused destruction of their country and and Sorry. Go no, go ahead. I, I was thinking it, it's an obvious case that they, they don't know how to multitask or to think in more than one level. 
how and they they are totally victims of unintended cert, uh, consequences as a result of their stupid decision decisions yeah. I mean in one yeah. direction or another right yeah and they right now they don't pay a price but I mean Soon history enough. has shown what happens to these people when finally the uh, you know the plebs have had enough yeah and it's coming close. Yeah, well, let's we've hit them on a, a number of good topics here tonight, guys. Um, I'm gonna make this a nice, quick uh, um, podcast for this evening. We still, uh, uh, you've been listening to the Canadian Beacon podcast, and we've had a lot of again. We we, we hate to hit or, or beat a, a dead horse, but. Listen, people, we have issues with these unexpected deaths. The death rate is outrageous. There's consequences to the actions of the vaccine. There's consequences to the arbitrary actions of uh, federal governments uh, mandating uh, electric vehicles uh, and depleting our war stocks to supply Ukraine. All these things are are blatantly obvious to 90% of the people that just have to open their eyes and look at it. And I think that's what we're seeing. At least we have our eyes open and we can see this. I hope you too, as an audience, get to see this as well. So thanks for listening to the Canadian Beacon podcast. Uh, we'll coming at you again next week. Keep tuned. Thanks again.